Hey peeps, welcome back to the Growth Lab podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harris, and I run the Growth Lab, a lead generation consultancy for cleaning businesses. This is the second installment of our three-part tech series, where I speak with the founders, CEOs, and C-suite execs of some of the biggest cleaning platforms in Europe and the US. In today's episode, I'm very excited to chat with Rune Sovendal, co-founder and CEO of Fantastic Services. Rune started Fantastic Services with his business partner Anton in 2009 when Anton was running a cleaning business. With two laptops, a sofa and a shared mobile phone, Fantastic Services was born. Since then, it's evolved into a one-stop shop for home services, providing everything from cleaning, gardening and pest control to removals, plumbing and handyman services. Fantastic Services has grown into a £40 million a year business with national coverage, serving 50,000 customers every month. We talk about how Fantastic Services started with cleaning before expanding into 55 other home services, why customer service is the key to driving the growth of the business, despite Rune's hesitancy in the beginning, why franchising was the best decision for the growth of Fantastic Services, the importance of building your business into a recognizable brand, focusing on inbound marketing to grow the business, why cleaning businesses that don't adopt technology are at a disadvantage and how Service OS has helped Fantastic Services scale and the crucial ingredient for growing a million pound business. For more tips on lead generation and insights on the most successful strategies, tools and tactics to help grow your cleaning business, sign up to the Growth Lab newsletter via the link in the episode description. Ready? Let's dive in. I am here with Rune Sondal, co-founder of Fantastic Services. Really excited to have Rune on the show to share his journey in growing Fantastic Services. So Rune, rather than me go through a very long introduction, do you just want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and the backstory of Fantastic Services? Well, Matt, thank you so much for having me on. And it's really nice to hear someone who's working the same as us with regards to growing inside the industry, an industry that's quite often overlooked in what it does. But the short of the story, you know, is, is starting with my my business partner had a commercial cleaning company you know i were in a consumer marketing role in another company and everybody's heard the story about that you know i couldn't find the good endotensi cleaners and i called yeah them and nobody picked up the phone right as, a, as i said like the very simplistic way of a business is number one answer the calls or at least give a accurate pricing number two turn up and number three do a good job you know it's mm. not rocket science and i found that the industry was I wouldn't say lazy, but I think it, it had gone a little bit stagnant. And I was like, why can't I put a price up? It turned out to be harder than I thought. Yeah. You know, my initial thought, I was like, oh, we can build that in a couple of weeks, a month or something. The tech can be built in a couple of weeks, a month, and then we can find out how to put pricing up and availability and everything else. But my business partner was in the corporate world. And then in 2000, was it eight or nine? You know, one of the biggest clients was Lehman Brothers and it collapsed. So suddenly, you know, we see this in recessions. It's like suddenly big companies collapse and you lose a contract. And that's where we said, like, how do we diversify away from that and have a mixture of commercial and of domestic? And that's that's really the foundation of it. And we started with cleaning and then it just became, you know, 55 services. It started with being called Fantastic Cleaners, then it became Fantastic Services. We added removals, we added handyman, we added every single service there is on the, on the, on the part of it. Yeah. Like, there's one common thread in it. It was about serving the customer. You know, the customer wanted something. They wanted an end of tenancy clean. The removal guys hadn't turned up. Can we provide a removal van? Yes, we can. So it started like that. And then it turned more into the, you know, every single landlord, every single person who has got multiple properties. One is the domestic clients, but also what we what we have a, 
very strong customer bases and landlords who own multiple properties. And they really need it on that day. They need to make sure this is cleaned on the day. They also needed the same for Airbnb. You know, before COVID, it was massive. Now it's a little bit different, but every single thing got specialized. So I'd say we're the most generic name of it, but we're probably the most specialized in, in 55 services and each run separately in how they work and how they are. In- so really starting with cleaning was from personal experience. And would you say that one of the key drivers, other than the tech aspect of it, was that customer service focus and it, it making always- sure that you know, the customer gets what what they want when they want. It was always about the same. I mean, you know, and, and one of the things is like, yes, we pride ourselves in having the best tech and everything else. We also have, you know, the fastest answering non-abandoned rate on the call center. So it was always about serving the customers, right? It's like give an accurate price, turn up on time, and then deliver a good job. That yeah. was the kind of very core three things it started with. Like that was the competitive advantage. And I think that that's the, that's the same for everybody else, you know, and then, you know, whether prices are competitive or not, it's like people need the job done on that day or, you know, they can fish for offers and they can get 15 bits. There's enough sites that, you know, you put your job requests in and then oh, they can do it. And it's like, at the end of the day, do they actually turn up? Yeah. So, you know, for us, it was more about how do we get them to supply. And as you've grown, I know just before we went on, I mentioned the, the fantastic promises that you have to clients. How have you been able to maintain those promises as the business has grown? Well, it's quite been, rapidly. It's been it's been it's been okay in the in in the demand section and in the and in the promises section. I mean, one of the things and and, and the very strong dedication on going towards franchising was that there's a bit of ownership in it, which yeah. means you keep the clients, which means that you, you stay with that. Because I always see it a little bit like the, 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 the marketplace where you can submit three offers, but you have no, I mean, do they ever turn up? Do they even yeah. reply back to you? Or you get three calls and then they're angry with you if you've already made a booking because they call 15 minutes past instead of three minutes past or whatever. So it was more like keeping that balanced with supply and demand. And that's what allowed us to continue to grow. And that we did that via franchise. And when did you make the decision to switch from like the marketplace models to franchising? Because, you know, I listened to some podcast episodes of yours and you were, you were hesitant to franchise initially, right? I was, I was hesitant to franchising initially. I mean, I think, I think it's, it's fair, especially in the UK. I think that my view was that franchising, a bit like cleaning, was, had, a, had a bad name with it right this is about entrepreneurs this is about working with others and it's it it seems like oh you just build a brand you're not really doing much for us right it's like oh here here's your royalty and that was you know we had the 360 degree principle in fantastic which is about us the staff the the the, the partners of franchisees the clients and the planet so it was the full circle around it yeah. so we had that in there and franchising actually really fit well into that and that was a that was a thing of one of the reasons going down that route because you have some ownership you have the best of both worlds you know starting a commercial cleaning company from scratch and i think you're doing a great job matt in in training people in in learning about the things right so internally and what i wrote about a lot about in my book is that is that there's a benefit of franchising where if you're not competing you know one is london london or oxford oxford competing yeah. against whether you've got Oxford and Manchester, they learned something in Manchester and they're teaching the Oxford guys how to improve that. That's something you don't see unless you're a mega corporate, you know, that covers the whole thing. Then, you know, that's how you win your contracts. That's how you win your, when you work. In franchising, you help a lot of each other. And I, I'd say that clean in some ways and all services, whether it's best control, it's a little bit of a lonely game, a little bit of a lonely game. And you're up there and it's like, what are you really providing value? What are you really doing? You know, it's like you're just winning contracts. And, and that's what, so we try to build a community and that's what, 
became fantastic, you know. And I think we, we managed to get that right quite early on. It's not been an easy ride because we had COVID, we had Brexit, we had all the other yeah. things, but everybody had the same. Yeah. And I said, in, in, in that situation, we were stronger together than we were alone. I think, you know, I, I, I feel for every single one of contractual cleaning jobs of either somebody won a ton of contracts, somebody didn't, you know. Yeah. And, you know, there was VIP lanes. There's all sorts of fun going on. Right? Yeah, it's true. I have no idea what, you know, and, and this stuff, we were so focused on the domestic side of things. So that's very interesting. And it's like, I think it's been a very lonely game and you're up against this stuff here. But what if you were part of this stuff here? One of the things that I always see and, 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 and the reason why I was hesitant with franchising was this thing is at one stage, you might want to get rid of your company. There's more likelihood of selling a franchise company. You know, you're not building up a brand, you're building up a lot of contracts. There's more likelihood of selling a franchise company because it's running inside a system that one of your peers knows, right? So they know how it's run. So that means that if you decide to move on and do something else, there's more chances of selling that and that can go in as quick as a day sometimes, whereas you put a company up for market that has X amount of contracts, it can take a very long time to dispose of. Hmm. I think that that's kind of part of what the fee is of being in a system. And that was something that we thought a lot about. How do we add value to it? Everything had yeah. to it. So you're saying that being in the system and, the, and obviously the, the community aspect, which is a, a massive benefit. Like what, what do you think is the, the foundational strength of your, of your franchise system? What, what is kind of the platform off which everything else is, has you know, grown to help a franchisee take one of the... Because I, I saw on your website you've got three different franchise models yeah. oh, we got four or five it, it depends okay. on got some partnerships that are more open towards new services we're launching so we've got more but the key three things is is is, is, is as i said the, the foundation for a franchise one is the brand that's recognized right we've got enough mm. car street to know and people see us almost every day so that's one thing is the recognition of the brand. you know that's that's a huge part of it it's like okay well you don't have to introduce yourself the same way because oh that's fantastic service they do cleaning handyman gardening and so forth so you don't have to introduce yourself or if you're called you know like uh, sj uh, cleaners yeah yeah who are you you know like they'll look up your company records and find out uh, are they are they bidding and so forth so you have that that's the brand value then on top of that we have a corporate training team who trains in corporate sales change in growth and business development we have a team that works dedicated on helping with marketing. We have a team that dedicated helps with call answering and conversion rates and so forth. Then we have the whole system behind us, which is a software system as well that helps us, you know, make make 10, 15, up to 25% more per jobs in the idea that you can do four jobs a day instead of three by, by proper scheduling, by proper fleet management and by mixing some of your, your partners along with it. So you're getting a hell of a lot for mm. a very money compared to what it does i mean you know it's it's there is the initial investment in all the materials and so forth it's it's also for existing companies and we we brought on a couple of existing companies and and we're quite flexible in how we do it but the main idea is that they have to be on the system because yeah. that allows you to i mean like our software has been 14 years in the making and there's nothing on the market that has franchise management as well as fleet management as well as pricing as well as indirect billing invoicing everything is in there from calls to the management to loyalty to everything else so it has that part of it and it has the customer management the crm and everything and and you know building that or whether you take something off the block and say okay well that does xyz this isn't made for your service and you'd have to spend money on communicating communicating that but also you had to spend money on changing that and mixing that in and i think it's quite a 
quite a steep hurdle actually to implement the system. Versus this is made for it. It's like it's instant on. You know, everybody has an app and check in, check out. You know, there's check in reports, there's surveys reports, there's we've done the work, we've done everything else. So it's all there. That's a huge value. But I also think the network. This is what I said about somebody in Oxford has learned something about. This way of doing it, with, with whether they're getting schools, whether they're getting contracts with something else, that person in Manchester is on that level now and say, I want to go to that level. Yeah. That's what I think really adds value. You know, so the, the, people, shared, the shared insights, right? Because I guess work. that's what, as an independent, you, you don't necessarily have because everyone's cagey about protecting. And you don't want to share because... how did you do that? How did you get the cars for that price? How do you get which leasing agreement do you get? Where do you buy your equipment and the stuff here? And then suddenly you have buying power because you're larger. Yeah. So I think. That's, and that's what's often frowned upon. It's like, oh, I don't want to join a franchise. And that's why I was always reluctant for it because it's like, okay, how does that work? And then when we looked at all the benefits, that's how it works. Obviously, the, the tech play has been a big one for you guys. You mentioned it's taken 14 years to, to develop. And I'm sure that's consistently ongoing as, as you innovate more and more as you learn about different markets and that as well. Compared with independent cleaning businesses in particular, what do you think is their biggest disadvantage in not taking up you know tech innovation or incorporating tech within their business i think the biggest advantage they have is that if you've got like five ten teams you can still completely look at them and 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 you know them and, and so forth and that's also why you know that's not a bad space for a franchise yeah. right I think that's the biggest advantage. They can look after them, they know them, they, they know when they're off, they know everything else and, and so forth. But what I've seen in all the industries that I worked in, right, is that there's like there's like a, a glass ceiling, it starts at six figures, then you know, a seven figure business is like it becomes a completely different beast. And often going from the seven figures or anywhere else is is nearly impossible. So it is about scale to go there with the with the tech. I also think it's about, you know, you can you can do X amount of things, but scaling above five to six teams. Yeah. It just, becomes a completely different company and it becomes a different operations management and taking that away in the service operation system, you know, just takes that away from it and allows you to continue with that without having to add staff in the back end. And then if you can then tap into always answering the calls, I mean, I think a lot of guys are still doing the job and answering the calls. Yeah, yeah get angry with that if they turn up and they're on the call they're going like okay well yeah i can do thursday and this stuff. like hold on i'm paying you for the hour you know you're 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 taking bookings at the same time or worse if they're driving you know you can't take a call when you're driving and then saying oh yeah maybe i can do thursday and look at your calendar is that's just not possible so having a back-end office also helps so i think it's the whole package of that and a lot of people underestimate that that that's part of the fee and w- when you developed the the tech was it more the operational side rather than the the marketing side that you focused on first because i know your, your background is in marketing right is that that's well it's it's twofold i mean one is what you see as a consumer or as a as a, as a person going in is twofold but also the, the field management behind the scenes yeah like we we managed to i think it, we managed to get up to 24% saved miles oh, wow. in software on driving just to save CO2 efforts. That was a huge increase in the turnover for the franchisees yeah. because you're making money when you're driving. Yeah, yeah. So that allowed them to 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 make a better better profit on it. It didn't result in 24% increase in profit, but it didn't result in more profits than you would otherwise have depending on the, on the demand and the scheduling. So there's a lot of work done there but also on training and, and, and field management and check-in check-outs and customer service and customer complaints i mean like i recently looked at a removals company which had a 50 percent i wouldn't say complaint rate but 50 percent contact rate on top of the jobs right so at least half of the jobs 
<clears throat> get some kind of there has to be somebody on the, on the back end and there was no way they could scale with that and the same with a couple of, of, of contractual stuff it's like oh yeah they're turning up on thursday this stuff here and it was i remember the first first year you know it was google docs it was like it, it was cloud-based so that meant you know more people could, than one could work on it but yeah i remember those days you know and it's like the reason we knew we had success was that google started to crash not google but the, the browser started to crash because there was too many bookings in one day we used to have a week on the schedule then we had one day on the schedule then even one day couldn't do then we had to split them up in services and then it was like okay well it's time to build a system you know and and that's where 14 years ago there was nothing on the market that does this but i still don't think there is there's a couple of good things for contractual cleaning but it's mainly based around one thing only it's not about the booking it's yeah. more about the lead management and i was like well okay that's okay you know that's that's a great part of it but you can actually autom automate more right so that you can actually let your client self-service themselves and that's a huge benefit you know, once yeah. they start it's like you know you've got a real estate agent go click 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 this is the pricing and it, that just works in the system that's a whole yeah. different ball game it's like they self-service and then you can offer competitive prices on that yeah i think that definitely there's a big gap in that because even for commercial cleaning businesses generally you land on a website and it is it's cool for a quote or call for an estimate yeah. but if you can if you can automate that process and, and have and get an answer there and then then that just increases the stickiness right and the the customer journey to to using your service i'm so okay in saying that is that something that you guys are we, we we do that but what we found out is that, that having the initial discussion then once you got on you land the contracts and so forth it depends on how they're allocating their jobs right so if it's if it's completely regular if it's janitorial parts of it it's completely regular you know then it's just the system just runs it you know i, I think the bo initial booking on that and the quotation for that needs to be done offline so to speak on, on a call but once it's running then you just put the operations on it's like well they just turn up there tuesday at 8, 8 a.m every morning and you check whether they've turned up and this stuff here just comes up you don't even look at look at it anymore in that way and then it auto invoices that's yeah. a whole ball game for it you know the quotation for certain jobs is not that easy to do the larger jobs and quotation for those jobs is not that easy you know it depends on the size of things and so forth but the part of it afterwards is very important to optimize and to schedule and making sure that the quality is there and everything else. But once you've got it, it's like once you've got a customer on it, it's like we've got customers who've got thousands of properties. They just click the button on, on this stuff here. And, and, and then, okay, well, once in a while, the company are going in and saying like, okay, well, how was that? And how was this? But other than that, it's like they self-service in the sense of scheduling and so forth because they can see the live availability of our guys. And have you, you know, other than using the, the system that you've developed internally, have you white-labeled it to yes, the we're, we're, companies as well? Is that something that you, you've explored and looking to expand? Because I guess, you know... The system, the system left Fantastic Services a couple of years ago. So okay. it's, the system is available. You know, it's, it's serviceos.com, but it left Fantastic Services and it's supplying plumbers and handymen and it's supplying a lot of other oh, companies. Wow globally actually supplying that as a system so the software is software is available you know and it's not a shared experience in that way or it is just we built the software for that reason i mean it runs a mobile spa it runs a mobile a couple of other oh, things wow okay connection companies and so forth i mean it, it, it is a service operating system and, and we build it there it serves us you know but then now it's it's got more features than we need on other services as well so yeah company stood on its own about four or five years ago it stood on its own and it's just running that's good going back to the training that you offer your franchisees you mentioned obviously sales business development and marketing you know what which are the most successful avenues for 
for sort of marketing and sales that that you have seen and experienced over the course of your you know the 14 years and, and what what which areas do you do you tend to focus on training the franchisees on well i write quite extensively about that in my book and i'd say that you know it's, it's one of the secrets as well you know it's like so it's something that you, you've got to keep <laughs> For your franchisees, right? So, sure. Uh, they're, they're, they're but you can give us a little taste. It's all right. What I what I found out and and what I I always look at is like and and the reason fantastic services is so big is we, we looked at the idea of of becoming a name in the industry so that it was more search for that rather than say the specific service. It's like getting yeah. known for that, and I think that was what we what what is the most successful part of it. You know, because it's 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 hard to build up a brand. I, I know there's a couple of really good commercial companies out in Wales and so forth that's done the same thing, and they've done incredibly well with that. It's it's they don't really chase for clients; clients chase for them. Yeah, and that's that's you know it's, it's rather to, to attract than to to have to sit and knock on on, on all the doors. So that's one of the things we said was like attract the clients rather than the other way around. So more inbound rather than outbound. Yes, inbound. Okay. You know, it's like the conversion is up. It's they know your name. They know you're coming in. So it's a whole different ballgame rather than going out and ringing doorbells with yeah. a piece of paper or sending cold emails or going through LinkedIn or going through Facebook or going through whatever it is. So being inbound is, is, is absolutely by far the most efficient. And that's where your franchisees benefit because, as you say, you've built the brand. So immediately there's brand recognition. You know, you've already got the, the search optimized as well. So the, the transition from searching for a particular service to landing on fantastic services to then filtering it down to the franchisee is is very short, right? Yeah, yeah. Nice. And that's where it goes straight in. I mean, like, like if, if I'm looking at it, if I was a blank canvas name company, you know, you first have to go through what are you? You first have to explain who you are, what your company does and so forth. And that, you know, that's taken away with being a brand. That helps a lot in the introduction of it. And says, like, oh yeah, my auntie uses you or whatever used you. And oh, I saw your car this morning. It's a big difference from, you know, uh, so forth. Because then what you're negotiating is is just a contract, you know, which is okay. You know, and there's, there's a huge, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bigger business than the domestic business of, uh, by, by far. Yeah. Uh, you know, so by far, this is, this is a larger business. It's also something we're in now. It's something that we're doing more and more of in the commercial space. I, I, I would hate to say, gives like saying like, this is exactly how it works. What sure. I would say with marketing is that it's what worked for you. And if something works really well for you, keep doubling it. Yeah. Don't really try to venture on into all of them. I mean, we tried TikTok, we tried Facebook, we tried all sorts of stuff and Instagram to attract. Yeah. It's not there, right? There are some who can do it, some who can't, you know, but then they don't have the scale and so forth. So, but that doesn't mean it doesn't work. Yeah, I think it is worth like testing different avenues to see, like you say, to see what, what does work. And um, clearly you found, you know, online in particular, web-based searches is where you get the best results. I, I think also investing time in developing a brand is, is massively important, in particular in an industry like cleaning, because, you know, there are a lot of players, small players and big players, but because it is quite saturated and, and a lot of the time there is a bit of a race to the bottom because you know, people compete on price rather than value. So really the importance of building a brand so that customers understand the value of your brand really then helps with, you know, your efforts to to grow and to position yourself so that you're not being compared on price. You're being compared on, okay, this is the value add that, you know, using this business, using fantastic services can can add to me as an individual or as a business because, you know, they solve A, B and C problems. 
That's why uh, you see that the, doesn't come unless you've developed that brand, right? Because exactly. people won't know you otherwise. That's why you see the lifetime of, of, of some corporates. It's like they're very old. They're very, very old. You know, yeah. they've been around for 40, 50 years. You know, they're, they're very, very old. Some have been around for hundreds of years, right? The biggest ones have been around for a hundred and something odd years. You know, in fertility management, then it becomes a whole different kettle of fish. You know, and, and it's very hard to punch train on that. Unless you go in, oh yeah, we can do it cheaper and this stuff here. And then once you, you're in that stuff, they don't survive very long. So it is, a, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, they said, oh, they can do it for eight pounds an hour. So can I? It's like, yeah, can you? You know, have you got the software? Have you got everything else? It's like, you might win the contract, but are you going to be profitable on it? Are you going to be living off it? It's like, that's another story. Yeah. Right? That's the whole, whole, whole aspect of, of commercial and corporate cleaning that just becomes really tough to deliver, you know, if you go down that, that race. So I agree with you. In terms of the growth of fantastic services, like what, what's one decision that you took early on that the biggest impact on your growth? Going online, opening yeah. up and, and uh, answering the calls. I mean, that was the number one thing, you know, like being, being open for the, for the calls and so forth, inbound. That's the being visible. Problem. And as you've grown the business, like what's been one of the, the biggest challenges that you've had and, and how have you, have you overcome that? Well, the biggest challenge was COVID. Sure. I mean, like, we, you know, COVID was, was a whole kettle of fish. I mean, I was in the steering group with the government trying to get them to do the guidelines on what, what, is, what is allowed, what is not allowed. I was in the steering group with the government in, in, in the early days of it because, you know, people were like, are you allowed to come with the plumber? Are you allowed to turn up? Are you, are you, you know, it's like, can, can we get our handyman to come and fix this? And are they allowed and so forth? And then, then getting tradespeople back in, in the game was, that was a tough thing to get it rolling. Yeah. Because shut down it's not like other countries where they said okay well trace people are allowed and they said that very early on the, the british government was very head hesitant so i spent a lot of time on that i think it almost took us a month in total to get the guidelines amended and saying trace people allowed to turn up and it's like it's necessary but it is necessary you know and changing that so that i think was the biggest challenge other than that the, the challenges are always there you yeah. know we launched a couple of services that didn't fit into our stuff. We at one stage we launched a child a child okay. service, you know, like taking care of children. We launched that for about six, seven months to try and out. That was a that was a big challenge. Something that we don't want to do again. Didn't yeah. really fit, fit fit with the company. Everything was working. The tech was there. Everything else was there, but it didn't really fit with the company and and how how we were doing certain things. So it was like, okay, that's 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 a big challenge. So the challenges has also been about limiting us, you know, about what we're going out to do next, you know. Yeah. So fantastic Which lane to stay in, right? Yeah, fantastic. Do 55 different services. I mean, we do, we even do massages and, and, and certain things for our partnership. Oh, so, wow. you know, it's, it's been, sometimes it's been more about limiting some of the things that we're doing. I mean, you know, we've had some fun things. We've done taking care of a pet snail in the <laughs> office. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, it was, you know. In the office, yeah. mascot. Yeah, exactly. It was a little mascot. There was a long story behind that, very cute story about it. That's kind of the things. It's like, oh, well, we can do everything. It's like, okay, well, you can't do everything yeah. for at, at all the time. So it's like sticking to what we're good at. So limiting that. At one stage, we're launching 20 services in one year, you know, and, and they didn't take off the same way. It's going to come. But it wasn't the early, early, immediate, bam, here we go. Here's another, another success. So I think that's been one of our things. It's like we can't do everything all the yeah. time. So that's been a challenge more on, on the ambition level. Sure. But, you know, property services and, and home services, that's certainly where the sweet spot is, right? You mentioned COVID. Understand that you launched Fantastic Academy during COVID. Is, is that right? To sort of yeah. train people and help people, you know, get set up themselves? Yeah. I mean, one of the things was that, that, that we, we knew that we had the, 
had the strength to do this outside of London, where we were prim primarily focused, you know, and now we, we're almost all over the UK. We're up in Scotland now, we're in everywhere else, nice. we're in Australia. So we opened up for some of the values that we had and gave that a chance, you know, during COVID because so forth. But in Scotland was shut down. You couldn't go to home cleaning. There was, this, you know, so many limitations. Yeah. You know? So, but the Fantastic Academy was part of our system already. We just opened it up. And okay. um, the same with a lot of other things. We opened up a lot of things in order to, like yourself, it was like to try and do something for the industry, you know, because yeah, I, yeah. I think it's an interesting industry. It involves a lot of people. But also one of the things that my main thing has always been is, is, is there a career path? I mean, one of the most beautiful things I've seen over the, over the many, many years we've done this business is when somebody started as a cleaner and now owns, you know, six, seven vans and a and, and they're doing this. This is what part of our, you know, the thousand million pound turnover businesses. And that's really been the driver for it. It's like, how can we give on what we've done? How can we bring them into into that level? Yeah. And that's where the training comes in. And you mentioned the the thousand millionaires. Was that something that was has always been a driver, or was that something that has evolved as the business has grown and as you've seen, obviously the the opportunities that it's given people to start from, you know being a cleaner to, to open up their franchise to maybe, you know, even owning multiple franchise, franchise businesses. Mainly, it was mainly meant as a motivation in one okay. thing is you really can go from not having a university degree. You really can go from that to making a million a year. You know, you really yeah. can. And I've seen, it, you know, that was mainly to open up that door and say like, listen, it's possible. It's possible to go from that starting there. And then over a journey of a couple of years, do something that most people can't do in their lifetime or career of their job. Yeah. And that, one of the things that was mainly meant to open the door and say that's you know it is possible not everybody's going to get it you know it's it's, it's not an easy journey to <laughs> tell you that the ones who've sure. done it like okay but it is possible and it's possible to start from that and just go boop, all the way and i think the idea was that you're not stuck somewhere it really is up to you yeah. to give chance you know we've got a system we've got training we've got everything else we've got every single building block there is for reaching that you know taking on those things and you know riding that wave of this stuff here it really just says follow the system follow this one here follow the ways that it's done but also break it in the sense of you know you can buy six more teams you know with this stuff here and then you are growing faster so that's kind of where we've seen some people taking really real real success with it other people are like well i, I need to make an enormous amount of profit the first month i start and it's like it's not it's not going to happen right you know it's like you're you're building this gradually it's, it's it's down to that and it's like how 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 and when do you do do you get to that you know the number of customers the number of clients the number of everything else you're investing in at what stage do you take that off because it doesn't happen overnight it's not a switch on, but it is very, very possible. You know, we do it. So, and if you have a framework in place like you guys are providing, then you know, as much as you're not handholding, but you're you're giving the steps to be able to follow to to achieve that, right? It's a lot of handholding. I mean, you know, it's a lot of handholding. It's not it's not it's not push and pull, right? It is it is the help, you know, and that's what franchising does, just like your training does, right? All the training that we do, we we, we take them from day one until that, that level and beyond. Right. Sure. Some of them that are beyond that level now. So it is handholding. It is training. It is the whole support. It is the stuff. And it doesn't always work, but it, it, it is possible. Yeah. Uh, I just want to open that door and say, like, listen, it's possible. And then, you know, allow people to take that journey. Yeah, that's good. So, Luke, Marina, I appreciate we've been on for just over half an hour. So just before we start wrapping up, I am curious to know what one lesson your fantastic journey has taught you that 
you think other cleaning business owners should learn? It's not about cleaning. It's about your mindset. You know, it's not about cleaning. It can be anything. Yeah. It's about mindset and nothing else. That's the one lesson I've, I, I've, I would like to, to say. It, it is your mindset that sets you up for what you're going to succeed. It's not whether it's cleaning. It can be handyman, it can be and so forth. And don't be afraid of diversification, right? Of moving sideways instead of instead of in one, one, one direction of it. If you've got good customers, keep them. Yeah, okay. I've got a couple of quick fire questions. What one piece of advice would you give to a younger version of yourself before you started your fantastic uh, Yeah, well, trust yourself more. Yeah, that's a quick one. Trust yourself more. Yeah. And what do you think are the three sort of non-negotiable skills that are essential to not necessarily starting a business, but to, to growing a business successfully? Oof, that's, a, that's a tough one <laughs> because mm-hmm. I'm, going through, I'm going through ups and downs on it as well. The, the, the three... well what's been consistent throughout, throughout your you said the word it's consistency i mean like you just have to keep going you know like there's going to be tough times keep going you know it's like when when going through hell i mean like through covid and when we didn't know whether we were going to be alive or not or whether anything was going to open again whether we're going to have clients whether they're going to all cancel and so forth and just keep going you know it's like it's it's like whatever you know we just shut our eyes and said like okay what we're going to do and swift swift this stuff here we talked to everybody we we listened a lot to our franchises and said like well hold on this is booking this is not booking and it's like okay well can we reskill yes bam move so consistency and mindset building that mindset yeah cool well look Rune, where can people find you online if they want to reach out and connect? LinkedIn, Rune Sondal. Then, you know, it's like Rune Entrepreneur on Instagram and, you know, in the Amazon book. Yeah. The Fantastic Business. The book, book up. Amazon bestseller when it, when it was launched. It's both <laughs> for franchising and, and running a scalable service business. It's not just a franchising book. It's not a franchising manual. It's meant to learn from franchising as well as introduce franchising in a way of how we've done it. So it's a start, scale, and succeed learning from master franchising. I've got 12 principles in there in, in growth. It's quite an interesting one to go through for any service business and any industry in there as well. Well, Rune, thank you very much for joining us on the Growth Lab podcast. And hopefully we get to speak again soon. Yes, See you're welcome so much, Matt. Thanks to Rune for joining us on the Growth Lab podcast. And thanks to you guys for listening. You can access the show notes and resources via the link in the episode description. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others who think will find it useful across social media or leave a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you listen to. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at I am underscore Matt Harris. That's M-A-T-T-H-A-R-I-S to catch all the latest from the growth lab and how to generate more contract opportunities for your cleaning business see you next time and remember if your cleaning business isn't growing it's dying